First N-I-G-R-L-I-V-E, that is National Institute for Game Review Live, our first call-in show with just me, Lewis, our erstwhile co-host DK is on a relaxing vacation in Shangri-La. And our topic today is Skyrim, a popular Elder Scrolls series, and we have our first caller ready to go on line one. How are you doing, caller? Hi, Lewis. Uh, First-time caller, long-time listener, and uh, you're talking about a subject that's very near and dear to my interests. And uh, I, I wanted to talk about what happened to me this week. Um, they announced, Bethesda announced, uh, the new 10th anniversary modded Skyrim coming out. It's like the, the Skyrim Special Edition, but with like 28, 30 mods built into it. Um, so, you know, I got mad, of course. And... You can use the internet to find things like addresses, and I found Todd Howard's address, and I was going to go confront him about this, and I got there, and security, you know, right when I got to the gate at his mansion, security jumped me, and next thing I know, they had the nightsticks out, they beat me black and blue, and I, I, I was out cold, right? And I woke up, it was just very fucked up, and uh, I was in a cart, and the guy next to me was like, hey you, you're finally awake. You were trying to cross the border, right? Yes. It was funnier in my head. That was right. funnier in my head. Hey, so we have Spectre. Our I tried to green text. Our first time our first time caller for our first live show. Our pre-taped live show. Um so you know, Spectre, you said you, you Spectre had some complaints about the Sky episode. And he also had some notes of his own. He has his original content. And uh, we'd like to, you know, we're all about concern addressing some deep concerns and um you had some issues with uh, some lore literacy you think we're all we're all uh, lore illiterates here not all you actually saved it but i wanted to climb through the mic or the uh, my earbuds and grab both james and dk by the throats during that episode now it's it, skyrim is one of those that are near and dear to my heart always going to be um I, I see i'm i like single player games that are immersive and open world. Uh, multiplayer breaks the immersion for me. Um, when you have some, like any game that you're playing where you have some teenager yelling the gamer word into your ear, is always welcome on the one hand to yeah, hear them a, using yeah, that word me. so freely. Yeah, that's you're talking about me. You're, you're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but on the other hand, if you're supposed to be in, you know, immersed in a medieval world or a fantasy world, it's just, it, it, it doesn't do it for me. I mean that's and so I prefer the games that are you know where I don't have to deal with multiplayer or at least gives me a, a pretty good playthrough on the single player option. So yeah, like obviously Mass Effect is my number one. Skyrim, Fallout New Vegas, Red Dead Redemption one and two, those kind of games. And you know, tolerable is like 
uh, Ghost Recon because um, you can play it you know, without having to deal with anybody else. Because I, if I want to escape, it means I want to escape other people. But so listening to that episode, I, you know, I like I said, I, I read about some stuff, but I kind of gotten over it. But I did want to, you know, just thank you guys because I, as much or as little free time as I have right now, your episode still inspired me to break out the old game, look for some new mods, and start playing again. And uh, I've put in a few hours since then. And it's been fun. I just, it's hard. To, this is the first time I've played it since being red pilled. So really, I so just you haven't played a long time. Yeah, so you, you guys talked about. No, I haven't played Skyrim in a long time. I, I probably have played it through, gosh, at least five times. Usually with the same build and the same you know character and all that kind of character class. But I just never really put much thought into it beyond oh yeah, Stormcloaks rule, Empire rules, or you know. Um, and it was interesting to 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 uh, you had some thoughts on why you know you, you know your storm cloak and all that, and I get that. But I mean, you, you want to you know just explain? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess anybody who's listening to this already knows the game. Yeah, well, right? I, I think there's we're really not talking shortly, movies here. If you're you, Skyrim, you should play it as a Nord because it's a game that makes you feel you know racially uncomfortable in Skyrim. If you're not a Nord, it the the, the it has a uh, there's very much a racial aspect to being in Skyrim, if you're not a Nordic character, uh, players will comment so on it. So it makes sense that as a Nord who you know feels at home in Skyrim, and you should you should also want to be independent. Conversely, if you play as a uh, some other kind of character, like I played a Wood Elf my first time because I don't know. Um, but when I when I played it as that you know kind of an Elf character, I said okay, well I'll do the Imperial Guard or not what they called the uh, are they the Imperial Guard or the Imperial Army, whatever. Uh, the, the Bretons? No, the... the oh, wait, wait. What are the Empire sorry. called? What's the Empire called? They're, what's their military called? The, yeah, the, the Imperials. Are, oh, the Imperials. Just the Imperials. Yeah. Because uh, that, that made more sense, because I wasn't a Nora. I wouldn't join a, a, a Nordic nationalist cause. It didn't make any fucking sense. It would more like... And also, you know, as a outsider, for you're not really super invested in the Civil War, but you can kind of get into the Civil War if you join the Imperials as, like, kind of a... French Foreign Legion type bit where it's just kind of an adventure to, you know. Um, and yeah, so, so, but in terms of like, yeah, Sky, I can Sky, see that. In terms of like Skyrim's like sense of place, it, you should play as a Nord uh, if you're trying to like enjoy the character stuff. And you should play the Stormcloak because, you know, why wouldn't you, right? Like, there, you know, it's a, you're fighting in a, basically a, what is it, you know, a racial independence war in a mountainous country for the freedom of your religion from the, uh, yeah, from Zog, you know. It's kind of it, you know, much like. Okay, so I, I, I'm with you. you I'm with a, you to a point. Okay, you have a, you have a different take. I, I, I want to hear a, a different t- different take on it. Well, okay, so I, I mentioned that my previous playthroughs, five or six of them, whatever it was, I guess it was always racist, even if it wasn't red pilled, because uh, I always played a Nord just by default. It was like, why would I want to be anything other than a Nord? Come on. Um, and I always went with the Stormcloaks for the very same reasons you, you mentioned. But the the most recent, I've started giving some thought to it. I haven't really gotten that far into the game um, this time. But uh, there actually are some pro-Nordic and, and pro-Imperial argument. I mean, some pro-Imperial reasons to for a Nord to be for the Empire. And I think of it as this way. For starters, uh, Skyrim's already not just for the Nords. I mean, it should be. But that place is infested with other races. I mean, you got red guards walking around, 
as you know, I guess I use them as target practice for archery. Um, you know, you have the gypsies, the Khajiits running around, um, getting up to their thieving, drug dealing ways. So, you know, it already gives you the, and you have the entire Grey Quarter up in Windhelm. So, if they were really serious about this, we why haven't why hasn't uh, Ulfric Stormcloak started his grand racial cleansing? But um, beyond that, in a more like, and it, you know, it does go to your heart. You you're like, yes, independence. It just kind of naturally flows. Uh, you know, given that we're under Zog and we have that same, you know, that same uh, impulse. But if you look at it geopolitically, they're actually the Empire, the, some of the arguments for the Empire, which is we're the only thing holding back the Thalmor, the High Elves, the, the Jews of the game. And they're not wrong because Skyrim by itself could not withstand the Thalmor. And if the Empire is under their control, one little province is going to definitely. Uh, crater as soon as they don't have any support from the other from, from, from the Imperial Army so I guess it, it's like if the Thalmor are the Jews and then you have all these other racial groups the you know uh, the, the Red Guards in Hammerfell the the Wood Elves and uh, the Wood Elves and is it uh, elsewhere and a few things like that well, well, we already have these uh, basic ethno states yeah um, but uh, they, they, you have a problem with them. <laughs> Just like we have a problem with a whole lot of the non-whites here. But who's really running the show? Who's forcing this upon us? It's the Thalmor. It's the Jews. So, I see it as like uh, white nationalists allying with black nationalists, allying with Castizo nationalists against the real problem. Like, we can sort the other stuff out between us later. You know, we can kick you back to your countries. We can have our independence. Um, if we decide you have more resources that we want, we'll just, you know, march on you because we're Nords. But until we get out from under the thumb of the Thalmor, at least the Empire is, like, keeping them from, like, really uh, bearing down on us. I think the Empire that's, is... I mean, is I, just, I'm not saying I'm 100% convinced yeah. by the argument, but it... Like, yeah, MAGA, right? I'm just saying, I, it, 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 it made me feel better about uh, playing, you know, running a Imperial. Yeah, no, you uh, can... You can I mean, there are kind of copes, and, you know, there's stuff either way. It is a cope. Oh, it's very MAGA. It's, you know, it's, we'll take our country back. Yeah, that, you know, all that stuff. You know, my, my based orc friends and all that. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah. Uh, there, there's, there's, there's something to be said for that. But I, I, I mean, I also want to point out, you know, one thing that isn't brought up is that in theory, the player is like an agent in this world. And if the player picks the Stormcloaks. Mm-hmm. In theory, the Stormcloaks have like the player on their side, who is kind of this force of, like you are effectively the, like the Nord the Nord Messiah, in the game, mm-hmm. and you are literally they should be worshiping you, not Talos. Yeah, and it, or, or like you know, you've come, you've come down from heaven. You you speak like the language of the dragon, all this stuff. You are in theory you are basically unkillable and unstoppable. So, if the Stormcloaks, you know, have a like, I guess well, if you like a kind of a Muhammad figure, right? Why wouldn't you just take on the whole world? Because effectively, in theory, they could, they could well, do it. That's, isn't that a problem with a lot of Bethesda games? Well, yeah. That isn't that a problem with Bethesda games is that once you choose a track, you know, you should be committed to that. So that well, if you become a companion, uh, you, either you, if you join the Dark Brotherhood or even the Thieves Guild, you're kicked out of the companions. You can never become the, the, uh, the head of the, the companions. Or alternately, if you are a mage and you become the head of the college, there's no way you should ever have any of the other heads. But yeah. by the end of the game, 
you are literally the master mage, you are the master thief, you are the master assassin, yeah. the master warrior, and, and all this, and the dragonborn yeah. on top of all that. Well, I would say that... So, the, it, it does make that unrealistic. The, well, one, well, I understand like, you as a player wants to be able to play through every single campaign, you know, mission set. I think the other, the a greater issue with Bethesda games is that the they are these really great... They're almost open-world games, but they're also kind of, like, in terms of the actual environment, like, walled gardens, where you can, like, kill certain characters in the world and change things a little bit, but effectively mm-hmm. the story doesn't really account for the player, if that makes sense. Like Yes, it does. In theory... You have few consequences for your like, decisions. if the person was this master... If you were, like, if you were the player and you were the head of the companion guild and you're, like, the top hero in all of Skyrim... Right, and you're also like the top mage in all of Skyrim. Mm-hmm. In theory, you should be a person with like pretty a, a great deal of like influence and power. And if you were to say mm-hmm. go with the Stormcloaks, people like that that should that should be a bigger deal than just like in the game where you just oh you just you just do some raids with these guys now, you know? Like that. Yeah, thing. I mean, what what is it like when you're you're the Dragonborn? You're the head of the uh, uh, what is it the uh, the uh, Dark Brotherhood? And you're you have a guy who wants to do a side do a side quest of like uh, cleaning out the rats in his meadery, and he's sitting there questioning whether you can handle a job like that. Yeah. Well, that, that, that is, <laughs> no, yeah. it's like, um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Wait, 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 that, that is like a, obviously kind of an inbuilt problem with RPGs, but Skyrim does have this really interesting and really fun kind of lampshade mm-hmm. over it, which is the Daedra quests towards the end. Where they all kind of start out with yeah. this like dumb like collect twenty five cheese wheels and bring them back here, and then it sends you on this crazy like, you know, acid trip to stuff where you're like dealing like solving riddles for these ancient demons and but it, but they always kind of bait you in with like, like solve this you know murder or bring x you know bring an object here and put it here, and uh, so I I do think obviously I think any RPG is going to have some of those issues. But they managed to like hang enough lampshades sure. on them that it's it's still it's still there, but it, it it's fun. Like they made, they added element of fun to the whole you know thing. Like maybe because every quest has that little possibility. Like, well, maybe I'll end up on this weird Daedra acid trip adventure thing where I'm trying to like uh, what is it? What's one where you like your uh, the Wabbajack one where you end up? Oh God, yeah. You have to like I'm trying to think of what the, what the even like your defending like a some kind of NPC with this weapon that can only turn things into like chickens or like other random things. Yeah. Yeah. And those are the ones, those are actually some of my least favorite. Though. Really? They got a little trippy, but uh, yeah, I have the least memory of it because it's like I just grind, I, I just ground my way through them. I yeah. really wasn't immersed in the the story itself. It was like, oh god, okay, now we're we have to go to another dimension, and yeah. you know, but there's no rules of physics or anything that anything that I've learned so far playing, and I really don't really care because you know, it's all imaginary stuff. But and I say that when we're talking about getting back to fighting dragons, so I know it's a mad. I'm, I'm there's a level of grounding, and then there's that that trippy stuff. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I don't know it. I. I the thing about this game is, uh, and I wouldn't have played it through it so many times over the last ten years if it weren't, you know, if it didn't just draw me back. Is part, I, it is playable. It, the, the playability is great, but beyond that, to me, it's the story. 
the story gets me in a way that and draws me in and makes me want to continue to play it, both the setting as well as like a lot of the, the main quests and, and the side quests. But the, the actual story and the lore and the world building that went into it really is what it sells it to me. Yeah, the main quest is a people gets kind of dogged on because it's not really necessary. Even like doing it kind of uh, somewhat undermines your experience if you're trying to like do certain things in the game. Mm-hmm. But it, I found it very enjoyable. Uh, when I generally when I fire up a new campaign, as I do every you know, three or four or so years, I I do find the. Uh, there's reasons like the main quest is compelling enough and if you want to kind of break out of it and go do other stuff for like the thieves guild or whatever you have to kind of consciously choose it because the main quest is pretty I always found relatively pretty compelling uh and, it, and there's yeah the main quest is fine it, I think they start you on it too soon and there's at least one mod out there for like uh, one thing at a time or something like that is the name of it where it just basically once you do the the duty of informing the um, Jarl of Whiterun that a dragon attacked Helgen, you're not compelled to do anything else until you choose to. Like you don't have to go fight the first dragon. You don't have to deal with the fucking um, the uh, uh, the graybeards or anything like that. So that makes it more enjoyable. So you can still play it if you want to, but also you can like um, you know build up your character before you even you know get chosen for this dragonborn stuff. Interesting. Well, what is so we speak? We, we didn't really get too deep into mod stuff last time on the last episode. So, what are the mods mm-hmm. you play with? Uh, I think James mentioned like a lot of the Civil War ones are because to me that's more of the the more interesting storyline. Um, I know I'm playing a game with dragons and you can use magic, but I want something at least a little bit more grounded that I can understand. That's why I never play mages or anything like that. Um, uh, but. You know, aside from just your visual mods, the, there's some to expand on the storyline. There's some to like make more realistic weapons or or to have a more immersive experience where you have to actually eat and sleep, and you know every 24 hours, like kind of fall out cold style. affects you. Being yeah, yeah, where it's it's very survival mode, and I always promise myself that I'm going to go immersive every time I play it. I'm you know if it takes me months to get across, you know, because of a side quest and because of travel, it takes me months to get across the country, then great. But about, you know, usually about 10 hours into it, I'm like, fast travel, fast travel, you know. Oh, yeah, it's just going to happen. You have to. Um, Skyrim is miserable that fast travel. One thing I actually discovered this time around, I was thinking about this before I even uh, started up. I was trying to pull the best mods for what I wanted to do. And one was, I wanted a mod where I could only have, where it would only have men uh, as guards, bandits, or forsworn, or soldiers. Interesting. You know, just, again, we're playing a game with dragons and magic, but it's not realistic for, to me for women to be the, the hold guards or the soldiers or even the bandits. Yeah. Well, uh, one for thing the that... most part. I mean, there's a role for women in this. You know, there's they can be mages or whatever, but I just wanted, you know, if, if you're going to be carrying a sword and trying to muscle me, you need to be a man. Sorry, you were about to say something. Yeah, I think the, some of the designs for like, the Forsworn and the uh, town guards and stuff are made to obscure that they're female character. There, there, there are female characters doing those things. Like, if you mm-hmm. don't like uh, loot the weapons and armor, you can't tell a lot of the time that guards are f- female. I think that I think that was. Uh, yeah, but those annoying voices though. Yeah, but uh, I'll kill you. And yeah. the woman's voice just doesn't carry a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah. But so I looked for the mod to do that. I assumed that would be out there, right? And apparently there used to be a mod to do this, but uh, uh, Nexus 
disallowed it. They really? can't. They 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 uh, banned it. That mod. Yeah. However, there's a mod if you want to make all your soldiers and guards and all that female. And there's even like a diversity mod. Believe it or not, this is getting well, on a sure. fucking Reddit tier at this point. But you can have more diversity within both the Imperial Legion, which actually makes sense because it's an empire. They're, they have Janissaries, fine. Um, you know, you, you'd want to draw your soldiers that are going to be the occupation force from a foreign body so that they don't sympathize with the locals. But why would you have a more diverse Stormcloak army? Yeah. The whole point is it's Nords, it's Skyrim from the Nords. I don't think Ulfric Stormcloak is going to want a bunch of Khajiits and Argonians and Redguards in his army. Yeah, that is a uh, that is bizarre. I don't know. So I never really got too deep in the Nexus mods yeah. outside of like yeah, I'm still here. I uh, I never uh-huh. got too deep into the Nexus mods outside of like uh, comedy stuff. Um, like, can you not hear me, Constrictor? Uh, yeah, yeah. For a second, you dropped out. But oh, sorry. But yeah, no, I never really got into the uh, the too too much of the what do you call it, uh, mod stuff outside, like, the comedy stuff, like, the Macho Man mm-hmm. Dragons and the Thomas the Tank Engine <laughs> Dragons. Uh, those are the ones I would... Yeah. I, I, I really appreciate... I think I'm, I'm kind of alone in this, and I really enjoy base Skyrim. I don't really need mods to play it. I find the mm-hmm. game has plenty enough depth, and I can, you know, waste my time pretty much infinitely. Because there's so many little things you can fall into, like... That's true. Just... You can get real deep into things like potion making and weapon enchanting, and you can spend a lot of time just like exploring the depth of the depth of these systems for your own fun. Like, because there really isn't a a lot of these systems. Kind of interestingly, don't have a quest line associated with them. Like magic, obviously, mm-hmm. from mage guilds, and there's fighting kind of has some some obviously going to impact. But like, you can get through the game without ever really enchanting anything or making any kind of potion. So the these systems are not really exploited to the fullest that they could be in a story way, but they are just sitting there for you to get, you know, really good at, mm-hmm. and uh, they're and they're somewhat divorced. Those two especially are not very, not 100%, but they're somewhat divorced from, like, how much actual points you have in the category. Like, you can get good at making potions without ever mm-hmm. putting any points into potion making. It's a little harder without, without, without it, but it, it's something to be said. Uh, yeah. Well, see... It, and, and this is like something that's infected a lot of these kind of games and I get and I'm going to piss off our autistic brethren because I get why some people love the crafting and, and stuff like that that just bores the crap out of me that's just not something I, I mean, whether it's potion making or crafting or, or, or these you know elements to the game and like now I, I, the, the other most pointless thing I've seen is uh, with this new edition coming out I think it's in October the 10th anniversary edition they're going to include uh, a mod that allows for fishing, where you yeah. can fish. Yeah, which always seemed fun because they're fun. And I know that that's the part of Red Dead Redemption. T- I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, because in Skyrim you can fish, but it's really just, fun because I you know it's part of Red Dead Redemption Two, but I hated. Really? Yeah. I. But 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 the whole the fishing thing. It's in part of Red Dead Redemption Two, where it's in a couple of challenges or at least achievements. And it just, I'm like, who is out there that wants to fish but would prefer to do it in a video game? I just, that I don't quite get. But, and, but going back to the, the mods that are that are kind of like um, how, how policed the mods are, you know, it, it, it bothered me that they considered it, it would be sexist 
because I wanted a more realistic game that had men making up most of the fighters. Um, so they just don't allow that mod. But yet, at the same time, on that same system, I can get mods that all the women have giant tits and they're wearing basically fetish gear, if anything at all, or lingerie. So, uh, you know, I hate to sound like, you know, who's the real sexist, but come on. I mean, let me mod the way I want to mod, but... Yeah, uh, it's also like... what's know, the, it's like, There's problems. There's lots of problems. Yeah. Well, it's also that thing where you can, like... You, could, you can't say, like... Uh, Certain groups from the media, but you can also you can say certain groups do. Like if I say, you know, Eskimos from the media, mm-hmm. who gives a shit? Same thing. Where like if you say only men can be soldiers, it's it's like oh oh how dare you? But if you say like on, only women can be soldiers, it's like haha funny. You know, it's not a threat because it's such a ridiculous and stupid idea that it's not taken seriously. You know. Well, it goes to that bigger. It, it does. It goes to that thing of what's like what's allowable uh, racism, for instance. Like right now, with what's going on in Afghanistan, you notice that uh, the Jews have given permission to liberals as well as conservatives. You can dust off that old uh, anti-jihad racism. <clears throat> you can call them goat fuckers. You can make fun of them as a people, um, but don't do that about the blacks here. Don't do that about any other group. So in this case, it's like uh, we can't have this kind of sexism that excludes women. But you can make your uh, female characters in the entire game. Uh, a bunch of OnlyFan thoughts, basically. Well, Afghans so, are Afghans are it's, backwards, it's just, it's evil, regressive people, and when they come over to America, you can't say that anymore, right? As soon as they cross that line. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Speaking of falling, e- easily falling cities, it is funny that in the the Skyrim Civil War, uh, you know, the method of the actual like war is that you just go to every town. You kill like twelve dudes, and then the city falls to you, and that's what happened in Afghanistan. Yeah, <laughs> where the Taliban just go to the town, shoot like <laughs> shoot like the six guys that disagreed, and and that's how every, every uh all whatever <laughs> all 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 twenty holds of Afghanistan fell. I've the, never considered it. Fell to the Taliban armies in a matter of days. <laughs> there was some dra- so there's some dragonborn so in Afghanistan speed running it. Yeah, so uh, basically the software in Afghanistan is can only support like 20 NPCs fighting each other before it starts crashing. So that's the limit to it, I guess. Yeah. That's funny as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, going back to the, like, I mentioned like the story draws me in. That's one of the things about the game itself. Uh, and, and y'all talked about some of the developer stuff, and, and I'm not smart enough to understand exactly... Uh, what goes into the coding and the software for a game, you know, this magnitude. Now, granted, this is all 10 years old, so I'm kind of surprised, you know, to me, a good update of this game would be, how about some more immersive and more complete NPC dialogue so I can really feel like I'm actually talking to people instead of them repeating the same bullshit about getting an arrow in the knee. Um, but if you were to completely scrub the story as well as, like, the, the skin of the game, you still have, basically, um, a game engine or I, I don't know if that's the right word, the, the game system, that if you reskinned it, changed up a few of the quests, maybe modified the combat, you could take that and, uh, you know, make it, uh, a, you could create a whole new story, a whole new world around it. Any era, it could be modern, it could be um, a freaking cape shit game, it could be a, uh, you know, set in any other time period. And, and I believe there are it mods would be that do, enjoyable like, alternate campaigns and alternate Skyrims and stuff. Like, there are full mod extra campaigns. Oh, sure, I'm, I'm, but I'm talking about, like, completely... Um, rem- 
I'm just talking about completely removing all Skyrim lore, all all of the game itself, and you're just left with the the uh, the skeleton of the game, and then you drop in there. It could be a urban modern uh, landscape where your character, you know, you're you're going around and questing to become like the, the warlord in a post-apocalyptic world, or a superhero in uh, some urban, you know, some urban setting, or just whatever. And it's because of the what they designed is so playable and replayable. Like uh, you mentioned, that the combat system is actually a little more nuanced than um, people give it credit for. It's not just hack and slash necessarily, and especially if you get certain mods that make the combat even better. And so I, I guess to me, it's like the story is very strong, and they also created a system that's very. Uh, it, it's easy to come back to it. It's enjoyable. It's it's. It can be complex without being too, you know, like rage quitting, angering, and all that. And I think that's why it's lasted. And yeah. I, I just, it's really a shame because they're getting away from that kind of game. They're getting away from single player RPGs and open worlds, um, and they're going more to this multiplayer. And then also, like uh, with what uh, Blizzard is doing, going to more um, mobile based games. And that's because they look it's like they know like say with World of Warcraft or, or something like that they have you know uh, they already have a certain market they don't need to keep coming out with something new or better but they're looking at the the Asian market and most people there play games on their phones so they're like okay we need to really put our resources into these mobile versions and it's just gonna it's to me it's why like, like you said in, in, or, or I don't know if it was DK or you or, or uh, James said it Skyrim as it was, both you know, the quality of the graphics, you know what it presented to you, the uh, the game itself, it was pretty much a peak at, in in a lot of ways. Like you, you don't need better graphics necessarily. You don't need you know even more complex playthrough or, or combat or anything like that. It's it, it's pretty much at the god tier level. What do you, what do you well, think no, about that? I think you're kind of saying. I think our point was that it's kind of like did it point to mission returns that you can have better. Story, you can uh, have I'm better sh- graphics. I hope you're recording on your end. I can see that your sound you. is coming through, but yeah, I don't, I'm not hearing you. Oh, sorry. Um, so you talk about how much you like you know, the systems and everything. So have you played, or are you interested in playing the new, I believe it's Starfield? It's the new uh, Bethesda RPG. RPG. It's a like a it's like a space. I'm willing to give it a chance, or at least I want to I want to look at it. But I just I, I and I hope it kind of tracks better with their previous games. But it doesn't. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not entirely hopeful, but uh, I'm not optimistic. But at the same time, I'm I'm willing to give it a fair chance. Yeah, what, what it's interesting are, because kind of the draw of a space game is that it's not this big planet. You can walk like Skyrim is a fantasy realm. You can go around the whole country. But kind of the draw of a space game is going to a bunch of different slice, like smaller slices. Like I want to go to twenty planets or a bunch of planets and experience like a smaller. Because uh, I think most gamers are pretty sad with like a smaller slice. But it's such a different like ethos compared to all the other Bethesda RPGs. It's very different than Fallout. Very different than very different than uh, Elder Scrolls. So I, I'm interested. I don't know if I'll probably end up playing it. You know, later in the life cycle. One of the great things about Elder Scrolls or Bethesda games in general is you don't really have to play it right when they come out. Uh, they're generally good for, yeah. as, you know, you can just pick one up whenever, you know. You can play Fallout 3 right now and have a mm-hmm. grand old time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, that's why I still go back to the classics instead of, you know, getting excited for a new product. 
Um, you know, you can catch me kick playing, you know, Mass Effect or, or Fallouts anytime. Um, you know, they're 10, 12 years old or whatever. Um, God, I guess the first Mass Effect is like 16 or 17 years old now. The, uh, and we might talk about that at some point. They, they did a remastered version of all three games. It kind of bring, brings them in line as far as graphics and all that. But you're right, and that's, uh, I, I guess I'm interested to see what they can do. Um, if they can bring that Bethesda ethic of um, giving you an open world, but not so open that it's meaningless. Like, you know, uh, No Man's Sky was completely unplayable. Uh, whereas, like, these, it is open world, but you are kind of guided. Just like uh, the way they, they built the dungeons so you don't have to backtrack through them. You know, they put a lot of thought into it, and I, as a gamer, I guess I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Uh, did you play any of the uh, new Obsidian game? With what's the? Well, I, I play a little bit of it. It's the uh, what's it called? Oh, for, it fuck me. It's like it's basically like New New Vegas, but it's in space. Um, no. Not even familiar with that. I mean, I may have heard the name Obsidian. But, uh, well, Obsidian uh, made Fallout New Vegas. No, it's. It, 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 Oh, I'm thinking of Oblivion. Um, no, I, I like you said, it, it's one of those where I want to give it like a year or two probably before you know, and like hear back from people who really his opinions I might respect or whatever, and just you know let it filter in. Then I'll decide if it's a game I want to do. Oh, Outer Worlds. Did uh, you ever play? I would call it Outer Worlds. I, mean, I guess I feel like the same way. No. It was, it's kind of New I'm Vegas in space. Gamer. I mean, I, I feel like a gamer. I'm like zealous about things I like, but I'm not always like, oh, I just have to be playing any game that comes out or, or you know, certain games. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm more than a casual, but less than I guess a full-on yeah. gamer. All right. Well, I think that's kind of where, as you, as you know, you know, at your advanced age, it's kind of the way it goes, right? Uh, uh exactly. There's only yeah. so many buttons that I can remember to push yeah. at any given time. All right. Well, no, um, well, caller, we've appreciated your call. Do you have any final notes before we sign off <laughs> the live show? Uh, yeah, actually, very, very quickly, two elements that did not get hit upon that uh, I think is very important. Ulfric Stormcloak, uh, if you get the dossier on him, says he was an agent, and so a lot of people take that to mean he's still an agent of the Empire. Spectre, but, we, did like, we did like 12 minutes. anybody knows... Oh, okay. I mean, this is very short. But as anyone knows, um, our uncle also started as an agent of the state looking into did, a, a, a separatist movement. We already did these takes. The ah, but, but, but. That, I, that one actually I missed because I may have like skipped the last 20 minutes or so. <laughs> we did a whole but fucking Talos. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Talos, meanwhile, okay, then skip that part. Talos, I at least want to get it on the record. He is definitely the Thalmors are definitely the Jews because they don't want people worshiping Talos. And what is Talos but a man who was a man who ascended? How is he not a Christ-like figure? So of course the Jews are treating him the way, or the Thalmor treating Talos worship the same way they look at Christ and where they say that he is. So I just thought that was a. I wonder if that slipped in, or if that was just kind of a natural storytelling trope. I think or it's a, one of our guys was like, yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a lot of natural storytelling with, it, especially when you're doing like Tolkien style fantasy. It definitely just mm -hmm. slides in, especially if you make the elves bad, which Tolkien would have obviously object, objected to. But uh, anyway, thanks for 
being on, filling filling in the gaps where uh, while DK lazes about trying to, I think he's on a lily pad somewhere in Southeast Asia, with his legs yes, legs I'm his legs crossed and his eyes the placid expression. Um, whatever it is he does. I think the placid expression might be from the, uh, the excessive alcohol though. Yeah. All right. All right. Teasing DK. All right. Thanks again. Yep. Tom, girls are dumb.